0: interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is The Carrie Edelman Show. Welcome to The Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited today as we have the amazingly talented illustrator and cartoonist Richard Sparks coming on momentarily. So before I bring him on, I always like to just do a brief introduction, especially if people are newer to my podcast. Um, he's going to be accompanying some of the amazing artists and creative individuals that I've had the opportunity to interview over the years, including the award-winning cartoonist and illustrator um, Bob Eckstein of The New Yorker, Mad Magazine illustrator Ed Steckley, illustrator and writer David DeGrant of The Simpsons, SpongeBob Comics, and Garfields. Um, comedian and head writer for Seinfeld, Peter Melman. So if you are a Seinfeld fan, you have to check out that interview. He was uh, outstanding. Um, co-creator of The Daily Show and former David Letterman producer, Madeline Smithberg, and New York Times bestselling author Jennifer Kishon Armstrong. So before I bring them on, I'd just like to also do a brief introduction to the show. I created this show several years ago because I really wanted to give people an opportunity in the entertainment and creative industries to come on and share their life story. Each of my interviews is very unique. Um, I really try to, you know, hone in on some life stories that, you know, things you're going to hear on this show that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Um, I do an extensive amount of research, and I really enjoy just the process of learning about my guests. Also, I have a background um, in psychology. That's what my doctorate degree is in. But this show, just so people know, it's an entertainment show. We're not doing therapy um, or analysis or anything like that. There are times where maybe we will delve into some topics in more of an educational format, um, but that would be the extent of it. So if you're tuning in, you can go to blogtalkradio.com and create an account. Also, after the show is over, if anyone tunes in late, the podcast will be available on um, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all the major sites, so people can stream or download it there for free. All right, so let's do a nice introduction for Rich, and then we'll bring him on. So Rich Sparks is a cartoonist and illustrator living in Chicago. His work has appeared in some phenomenal uh, mediums out there, including The New Yorker, Mare Weekly, Weekly Humorous, The American Bystander, Barron's, Wall Street Journal, SpongeBob Comics, and uh, that's just to name a few. The list goes on and on. He also released a best-selling book of humorous drawings called Love and Other Weird Things, and um, definitely check that out. I mean, it's going to incorporate all these amazing one-panel drawings that he does, and maybe there's additional stuff in it. I'm just familiar with a lot of the one-panels he does, and that's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, but I also like to say, to me personally, he's more of a quadruple talent, because what we're going to learn about today is he's much more than just an an illustrator and a cartoonist. And to me personally, there's some comedian aspects to him, too, because he's just very quick-witted with these illustrations and cartoons that he puts out there. So without further ado, let's bring Rich on. Hi there. Hey, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to have you on today, Rich. And um, just to give you a little before we start, I mean, and we'll delve into this as we talk, but yeah, when I came across your stuff, you know, a couple of months ago on, on Facebook, that's how I learned about you, probably through some of the cartoonist that i'm friends with and that that i've had the honor of interviewing right away your stuff just struck me i was just every day coming home from work and saying i gotta see what he did today um seriously (laughs) i just i love what you do it is a little risque and dark at times but i think your sense of humor and just how you just just hone in it's almost seinfeldian in a way you pick these little like Minutia types of things, but but the punch that you give with a couple of words is just, again, people have got to check your stuff out. So welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> well, th- well, thank you very much. i I got to say I was a little disappointed that, that you said this, you, that you aren't going to be performing therapy on me, uh, but that's <laughs> all always- right. That's
0: how it is. Well, again, we will we will talk. I think what I think, I want you to still incorporate, especially if you're, you know, if your drawings when you started out. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, I've had artists say it was therapeutic for me. And, again, I like your sense of humor. We can delve into stuff. But I just want to be very, you know, I take my career very seriously, <laughs> and I want to be professional. I'm not a Dr. Phil. Um, I'm not doing anything like that. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. But, yeah, thanks for joining. So, tell us, um, sure. just to start out, I've always liked to kind of do – timeline stuff um but we'll bounce around and and you could take that word if you want again i'm not as quick as you are but i thought that was a funny word bounce around and you can maybe incorporate that into some type of a, a one panel cartoon um
1: okay <laughs> anyway
0: i always like to kind of start really from the beginning because really get a sense of you know who you were as a kid growing up as we start to delve into your life story so tell us a little bit about Growing up in Whitehall, Ohio, and, yeah, just, you know, what were you like as, you know, little kid? We're reflecting back five, six, you know, really little when you were young.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you know, I was just talking with my mom the other day, and she said, and I told her I was going to be doing this show, and she said, well, you know, you never didn't have a pencil in your hand. I thought, well, is that, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I feel like I have no memory of life without doodling. And she okay. said, oh, you always, all your all your school news, all your school papers, you brought them home. And the margins were always just filled with cartoons. That's all you ever did. So there you go. I was actually kind
0: okay. Of kid. Okay. So, and, yeah, um, so really little. You were doing it already. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In fact, I even um, remember um, my first kid's book. I was, you know, like, you get those little, um, those note cards. And I remember in my mind I was thinking, what I want to do is I want to make an object that also happens to be a book. So I drew a bunch of quick pictures and created a little family of circles. And then I mm-hmm. stapled it together and, and it was, it was like all over and done with, you know, in like five minutes and I right. thought, yes, look what I have. I have this object now and I made it. And awesome. when I got, when I made my book recently, I, uh, I was, I thought, oh, finally finally it happened.
0: That's great. That's great. And we're going to definitely delve into that book because I know that, you know, it it looks similar to how I found you online. It looks like the people who you, you know, did the publishing with also had come across you too. So we'll definitely delve into that a little later in the interview. Um, So, okay. And again, as growing up, like, again, just let's incorporate, you know, what types of toys or games did you gravitate towards as a kid? you know, tell us a little bit about any specific TV shows or Sunday funnies? You know, just to kind of maybe pull in from there how you got involved in this, you know, sense of humor that you have. Was this something, again, at an early age that you were gravitating towards certain things?
1: Boy, Uh, let's see. Um, Well, (laughs) let's see. Let's see. When I... I, I, I'm, I'm not even sure what to say. You know, one aspect of how I was a kid was that i loved playing army and um and i I don't consider myself terribly violent or anything now (laughs) but when i was a kid i could not get enough of it i just i loved playing with with you know machine guns and uh, all the all the people on the street all the kids we would all play army and you know split up into into different different troops and um yeah, that was a that was a a big thing. But um, I was a big comic book fan, and mm-hmm. so I, I you know I loved Spider Man and the Avengers. I was always sort of a validly Marvel, yeah, as opposed okay. to DC. Um, but uh, there, there was some there was some good DC stuff. I mean, you got the classics there. A um, uh, big Peanuts fan. I loved Peanuts. Nice. And and uh, let's see. The far side, I think that's kind of obvious in what i do
0: sure know, what about others? what about something like um I remember uh family circus
1: oh family circus yeah i yeah it, it was that was always it, cute it was too, yeah, it was cute it was not it was not my thing there was something, not your thing you know, no, okay there was something <laughs> that I was looking for, and I don't know what that thing was, and I think it was kind mm-hmm. of like a um um uh, like a uh, a sort of a downbeat quality to okay. the cartoons, you know, like not, not maybe not quite so family friendly. And right, I always right. well, bought into, you know, everyone talks about Charles Schultz and that there is this, there's this sort of like, there's sort of a dark quality to that mm-hmm. strip. And and I'm, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed that, you know. It was like there was a constant tension because, you know, it's just a, some cartoon drawings, but you know, something, something deeper is going on there. And I'm not Definitely. suggesting there's anything deep in what I do. but
0: Well, no, I think, I mean, I don't know if, and, and again, maybe later if you want to bring this in, it, you know, is there potentially, this is a little psychological, you know, so, something subconscious or maybe even unconscious about some of the, the drawings you draw and, um, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know either.
0: Okay. I do, you um, know, I
1: like to, as you, as you know, I like to be a little, um, uh, a little, uh, I like to put a lot of nudity in my drawings. And um, I just sort of feel like there's a a part of me that will always be 11.
0: Right. (laughs) And that's, and that's what I, and that's, I think what I love about the drawings too, not just that, you know, topic that you just said, but just, right, there is this very youthful, quality of humor even though it's a, it's in a very adult type of drawing that you're doing. You know what I mean? You gotta be, you know, mature enough to understand a lot of the times just the you know, the humor, the, you know, the bits that you're doing, how you're you know what I mean, what you're trying to get across. So um yeah. And where do you think that comes from? Like is there anything were you you know, a kid that was, you know, just found that stuff funny, you know what I mean? Well, I thought that um
1: you got to know I didn't even find it funny but okay. um I remember my mom had a bunch of uh, uh cosmopolitan magazines mm-hmm. around the house and those were that was like oh, oh, it was very overwhelming for a kid sure cuz uh, that that magazine was very was very grown up right. um but uh but it was it, yeah yeah, I don't know.
0: Okay. I just think it's very <laughs>
1: hilarious, and 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 this, uh, you know, not to jump ahead here, but
0: you somewhere can. No, along no, no. You can, the way, you can move uh, around if you
1: want. Somewhere along the way, I saw a picture from like classic, classic, uh, you know, X-rated film or something like you know, like maybe from the forties or something like right. that. Right. And there was a guy in it, and he had he was otherwise nude, but he had on black socks and black dress shoes. And and I always put those on my naked guys because I just think that's the most hilarious thing in the world.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, right. So, and, and we'll pull that in later too, how you, you clearly, there's probably visual images, things that you see that you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of funny. Let me incorporate that into one of my drawings. So that's, that's cool that you just kind of pulled that from, right. From that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of drawing, did you take, you know, as a little kid, were you in, enrolled in any art classes? I mean, was this something that just came naturally to you?
1: I think maybe it did just come naturally. Um, I remember my sister, when I was a little kid, my sister was, she was older and enrolled in one of those um correspondence art schools mm-hmm. and so she was always getting material in you know big, mm-hmm. big ring note, uh, binders and um and I would go through those and I don't know what she was doing with them she was she was painting she was learning but to me they were just fascinating and um so I would have to say that that was the biggest part of any education I had I did uh I was always in art class in school but I mean I think we all were and then um, for, for a very brief time, I went to the Columbus College of Art and Design on, they had these Saturday classes. But it was all about oil painting and screen printing, neither okay. of which I do. So right. <laughs> I don't know if I <laughs> to do much of that.
0: That's cool. And how old were you when you were doing that stuff, when you were going to the Saturday classes?
1: Oh, I, actually, I was, at that time, I was still in high school.
0: Okay. Because okay.
1: it was a uh, it was a Saturday thing, so gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Do you like? But that's I mean, most, what they had okay, in okay. I mean, that's I mean, again, exceptional talent. And did was it something you really had to work at? I mean, you know, was it something you had to do over and over again to produce what you were going for? I'm sure now it's a lot more natural because you just put out a tremendous amount of content. Um,
1: Along those lines. I will have to say that for my own, uh, my own tastes, my own barometer of what's good, I have only started to like what I do in the last few years. Okay. I've, I've, I've always found everything's like, eh, everything's kind of disappointing, which, which doesn't mean that I'm disappointed enough to not present it to the public. But right. I just like uh, whatever sort of internal standard I have, I hadn't reached. But I, but, but I would say in the last few years that I'm, I'm starting to feel a lot happier with my. No, that's
0: output. great. That's great. Um, and in terms of like again the comedy stuff and the humor that you inject into some of the stuff. Were you, a, were you a kid? Were you someone that liked Saturday Night Live, Mad TV? You know, was there any type of. Things like that that you liked? Any comedians I, that you I, were drawn to? I, I,
1: I loved all that stuff. Uh, I, MAD and um, uh, SNL. And mm-hmm. I was too young for this, but my big brother kept bringing home the National Lampoon, and that was uh, that that kind of knocked me in the head. That was amazing. Warner Brothers cartoons, I always thought, mm-hmm. had a great quality to them. Um, I also, there were some stand-ups, who who to this day they're always in the back of my mind. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe don't know how funny Martin Mull was in the eighties. You know when he was still doing comedy. Was,
0: okay, was, and I'm not, and I'll have yeah, to check him out. I'm not familiar with, and again, I love comedy, but I'm not like entrenched in it. You know where I would, but oh, okay. yeah, I'll have to go ahead.
1: Well, well most, people, most people know him as an actor, and okay, um, but he was he was awfully. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's an excellent painter too, as it turns out. Oh, wow. Uh, so, and, and, um, Andy Kaufman, Andy Kaufman. Mm -hmm. I I think I saw him on SNL for the first time and, um, I always thought he was fantastic. And that kind of like, um, absurdist thing has Mm -hmm. always been funny to me, but I also like a little bit of snarkiness and that is what uh, (laughs) Martin Mull was like. Okay. This little, little, little sarcastic edge. I, I love that stuff.
0: Right, right. Well, yeah, and that that clearly comes across in in your illustrations and cartoons. So, yeah. Um, real quick, wait. You, you mentioned you had a an older sister and an older brother, correct? I have two, I have two do, older sisters. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, uh, and what uh, do they? Yeah. What that, do they do for a living? Are they are any of them involved in any type of art, entertainment type of stuff?
1: No, no, they have they have their their families and their lives back in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, yeah.
0: And what do they think of your your drawings and your... Well,
1: they're they're very they're very supportive. Awesome. <laughs> they're, they're very happy <laughs> about all of it. Yeah. That's great. But, but they That's also great. sort of say like, ah, we knew that we knew that when I was a kid right. growing up, everyone always thought that I would do stand up. That's what they thought, and I and I, I'm not very good at that, but. Um, uh, in fact i tried stand up one time at an open mic night with a with a buddy and um he did great and i melted down on stage i just fell apart i couldn't remember anything and i didn't have any good jokes to begin with um and that kind of that that that
0: right but, that but you hear, the but, deal but, but for again. me I'm like no
1: i can't do that <laughs>
0: oh but 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 again but i mean rich you hear a lot of times a lot of these comedians that started out were bombing and but they just kept at it right. you know and i think yeah. i think that's you definitely have the sense of humor and you know the punchlines and stuff like that it might just be something that right you'd have to craft a little bit more than you do with some of your other <laughs> stuff that comes more easily um right Did you ever play any sports growing up?
1: Oh, yeah. I was a a big-time sports guy. Um, I won't say that I was fantastic at it, but I wasn't bad at it either. Okay. I was kind of like right there in the middle of, uh, you know, athletic achievement. Although, this is always great, too. I could never figure out the rules. And to this day, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at when I watch a football game. I don't know what they are doing. I just know they go back and forth, back and forth. And that's all I ever did, too, you know. You, I, I was did, and
0: devil, what did you like so to play? I, what were you involved in?
1: Uh, I played I played baseball, basketball, and football. You know, sort of like year round oh, wow. in the city city leagues, and mm-hmm. I, I yeah. And although I remember in in high school, sort of making a decision, uh, you know, sophomore year I think it was junior year something like that, and I said, wait a minute, I hate this. I'm done I did not have I didn't have the eye of the tiger, you know. I was not a very competitive guy. And I thought I'm I'm done with it. Plus, like I said, I the rules were always throwing me off.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, and and I maybe that's just as a parallel, maybe that's the nice thing about art. They're really right, there's really not a lot of rules. I mean you can kind of create your own. you know? Yeah. Oh, see? I'm yeah, not very exactly. quick-witted. I'm not. You're helping me out. Believe me. Well, we could talk <laughs> off the air sometimes. When I'm at my job, because, you know, I work as a clinical forensic psychologist, I am so I, – I joke around with people. I'm very concrete. Like, I can't be joking. I'm so serious about what I do. So, I'm like, people joke with me, and sometimes I'm like, I didn't even pick up on it because I'm so, like, in my own <laughs> zone. <laughs> So you're helping me be a little more flexible today. So I like that. Well, you,
1: you, 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 you sound pretty loose to me.
0: Okay. I mean that in, a way. Oh, wait, in an see, appropriate way. In a
1: very appropriate. Yes.
0: Um, okay. So let's go you know, talk a little bit about school in terms of, again, we know that you're more of in a creative field, so to speak, and we'll get involved in talking about what you do for work too. But, you know, was school something you liked as a kid? I mean, were you a student in terms of someone who enjoyed arithmetic and English and that stuff, or were there certain subjects that you would say, yeah, I struggled with. Tell us a little bit about that and how, you know, socializing with kids were. Were you someone who was social? Um,
1: yeah, I, I, I think that I was social um, without, I don't, something I don't have in my background is, is being, i like, I never went to party or a skate party. I never went to, school functions. Not I okay. mean I went to a few. I went to I went to prom, but you know, I never did much of that. But I did love school. I loved going to school and I thought okay. it was a blast and I had a very good time. Uh math was the one thing that I sucked at. But um uh, otherwise I was a pretty good student and I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed most subjects. Um I liked uh science and English mm-hmm. a lot. Um yeah, uh, uh, history. I liked history a lot. And, uh, you know, this is uh, uh, my, my daughter. She's in high school now. And she oh, wow. is, okay. um, she is doing what I did, which, I, you know, you're supposed to hate school while you're in it. I mean, that's just, that's if anybody asks you, you say, eh, another boring <laughs> day at school. But she's kind of excelling in a certain Aww. way. And I keep I keep telling her, I said, you're good at school. You're good at going to school. And school right. <laughs> so, it's, you know, if you don't know what you want to do with your life yet, it's no big deal. Don't sweat it. Right. Because, Not you know, you've got this one part down, and, and it's entirely possible that being good at school is something that can help you later in life. I don't know which mm-hmm. way, but...
0: No, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, I was, I would think I was an eternal student. I mean, between bachelor's, master's, doctorate and then internships, I mean, I I don't, I mean, I knew what I liked, but I don't think I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And that was a way to kind of just, you know what I mean, keep things moving. (laughs) Right. Um, Does she have any interest in any arts? Is she interested in drawing or any type of creative areas?
1: Well, um, it remains to be seen. I mean, she's okay. pretty. She's she's got some some good basic skills down, you know, that she's been honing her whole life, um, uh, you know, like with art. But I I have a feeling she might be into something else, like maybe
0: mm-hmm. writing. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, and let's just pull in a tiny bit here, because we'll get into it a little more later, especially after you you know graduate college and and move out to Chicago. So, what, when did you get interested again? Clearly, you liked watching Mad TV and, um, starting out Live and stuff like that. So, when did you start getting an interest in acting? Was that something that you were into when you were younger? Did you do plays in grammar school? Like, what, just pull a little bit of that piece in.
1: I, I think I always had a little bit of uh, the ham in me. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, I always liked doing, um, There'd be opportunities in school to do skits for something, you know, to create a few skits. I remember in fifth grade getting together with a couple of friends and we put together a little program just for the class of some skits. But I should I should add this in I am a terrible actor. I, I went to college and studied acting and did plays and moved to Chicago and did plays. Right, and I'm not not very good at it. <laughs> I'm a pretty Aww. bad actor, but I like being on stage. So that's the ham part,
0: and that's where right.
1: Music, music comes in, but we can get into that later.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's well. Why don't you? Since you brought that was going to be my next uh, question anyway. So you read my mind. But yeah, so pull that in a little bit. Was that something? You know, again, as a kid, where you listening to music around your house was your, you know, were your parents playing music? Were you involved with any instruments that you started learning at an early age? So yeah, pull that, some of that stuff in. And what were some of your influences when you were really little?
1: Well, when I was really little, my, my, I am, I come from a hillbilly family. And so we listened to a lot of Hank Williams was in the house a lot. And so that's, that's a very good foundation to have right there. And um, I never picked up, a, an instrument though. I mean, I, I tried, I remember trying trumpet and, uh, I did get a guitar when I was young, but I never learned to play it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I was always very interested in music and, um, uh, later on it, it wasn't until I, after I moved to Chicago, um, uh, we have a a venerable old institution here, the Old Town School of Folk Music. And it was down the street from my apartment. And uh, I thought, well, I've got this guitar, uh, you know, the guitar that I had back in Ohio. Uh, Maybe maybe I can learn how to play it finally. And so I (laughs) I remember I went and took classes. And after the very first class, I learned G, C, and D chords. And I went home and wrote my first song. And I thought, that's it this way and so and then it just kept growing from there
0: and how old were you when when that happened about
1: I was in my 20s
0: and I
1: I just uh, yeah so I I got a late start on this stuff and then I um, it 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 kept snowballing and eventually I met a a guy a friend of mine Eddie who um, was also, well, his girlf- girlfriend was taking classes at the Old Town School. And what they would do at the Old Town School is they would give you this binder of songs to learn. And so he, she wasn't really into what it, it but she, he picked up her guitar and started playing those songs. And by the time we met, we were both at kind of the same level of achievement, both just starting to write our own songs. And uh, it eventually evolved into a band that we had uh, called Love Kit. That was kind of kind of big in Chicago um in like the late nineties
0: yeah, and I read that I read that, yeah, tell us a little bit about that band
1: that was great. it was so much fun. it was uh, sort of a uh, you know a pop band, power pop, I guess you call mm-hmm. it, and um that was a that was a, a great amount of fun and and uh the, the the four of us just we would go on little little tours, you know, Mm -hmm. we would pick a segment of the U S and then go on a tour and play to no one because no one knew who we were, but it was an awful lot of fun. We put out a few albums. We even went to the UK. We had a a two or three month tour of the UK, which was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. And
0: and any interesting bands that you guys played with that, you know, that were pretty popular back then?
1: Uh, (laughs) I, I,
0: maybe yeah I don't, I, maybe you I don't know remember. yeah i, I know i'm so. trying to think <laughs> i mean there was some great music out you know the 90s was just you know geez there was some great stuff out you know what i mean so oh, um yeah. no that's cool that's cool well we'll definitely you know delve in in a little bit to the current band that you're in the last afternoons and we'll we'll play one of the tracks um so yeah so oh, thank great. you for, for pulling some of that stuff in and if you don't mind me asking and then we're gonna Get into you know college and stuff like that. What did what did your parents do for a living? What did they do for a living?
1: Uh, well, my 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 dad has passed some twenty five years now, but he oh, was wow. okay. Six. Uh, but he was a uh, uh he was in the trucking business. Hmm. So if okay. you if uh he was what they call a dispatcher, and so that means that mm-hmm. on a giant loading dock, he was the guy in the middle office on this loading dock, telling all the trucks where to park, all the trailers. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom is, has been retired for a long time, but she was worked at, well, it was called Western Electric back then, but I think it became AT&T.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Nice. Okay. So, Okay, so we're, you know, capturing all of your background with acting and music and drawing and all that great stuff. So what makes you, so you know, you're getting to the, let's fast forward a little bit and we'll get into, you know, college. And I want to get, you know, spend a good chunk of the time talking about your cartooning and illustration career. Um, what made you decide to go to Ohio University, University of Ohio? And, and what other schools did you apply to um, before you made the choice uh, no, to No, it, it
1: was Ohio State. Um, oh, or I think as, it, as okay. it's known, it, it's now called the Ohio State, which okay. I don't think it was called that, but like, that. that's their official name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I don't know how they came up with that, but um, it, uh, I wasn't even going to go to college after high school. I got together with my buddy Tom, and we drove a van around the country, and I think it was. It was our gap year to try to figure out what the hell to do with our lives, and when I came back from that, um, someone told me, "Hey, you used to do the acting. You used to do acting in high school. How about if you?" Uh, I see that there's an ad for a community theater that's auditioning for something, and so I went and I did that, and I thought, "Oh, that was pretty fun." And so mm-hmm. that fall after I came back, I uh, I just went to Ohio State. It was you know it was close by. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what I did. I went there for a few years.
0: And, and majored in, was it acting or theater?
1: Theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Any minors in anything like art or anything like that? English. Okay. Nice. Okay. And when you were, when you were going to, um, the Ohio state, Did you take a lot of Did you take any courses in drawing while you were there? Like any like you know electives or things like that? I took you know what I took pottery. Mm, Okay.
1: Which I which I really enjoyed.
0: Cool. Well, maybe you maybe you can somehow take some of those one panels you do and put them into some type of pottery stuff to sell. That'd be funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. You never
0: know. Um. Okay. So you know, while you were in college and stuff, you know, clearly what I read about you was you were really interested in, in eventually performing with the Second City, right? So That's right. when you graduate and then tell us a little bit about some of these friends you were with and, and you guys decide to, to move out to Chicago and, yeah, about that transition and what were you guys were focusing on. Yeah, I went, let's see,
1: I thought. That I that I wanted to do, um, the in Second City, I wanted to do some improv, and I took classes there. And once again, it was just shown I'm no good at this. <laughs> and no. but I, I moved out here with my with my friends uh, Steve and Joel. We had we all went to Ohio State, and we said, let's all move out here. And mm-hmm. uh, they start they they're they're both good actors, so they. You know, they flowered, they blossomed here. And, uh, And I decided I'm going to give up acting. After I did a few plays, I'm going to give up acting. And I am going to focus on art. And I remember that I knocked together a bunch of sketches and threw them in an envelope and made an appointment with the art director at the Chicago Tribune. Okay. Uh, her, name, her name is Mare Early, and, and we're still, you know, uh, friends on Facebook. And
2: awesome.
1: uh, she gave me a job, uh, some, you know, freelance illustration gigs instantly. It was great. And I thought, I made the best choice of my life.
0: <laughs> wow, no, that's awesome. And, uh, and you're about, what, in your 20s now, I'd say? Right, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So how long did you work with um, the Chicago Tribune?
1: Um I did that for a few years. you know I would often illustrate uh, uh do illustrations for columns or for articles mm-hmm. and um uh yeah yeah that was a, that was a lot of fun and then I branched out from there into trade journals like uh you know plumbing magazines and okay I, I can't even i just i did so many of those that was wow. that was terrific work
0: and how did you break out into doing some of that stuff and you, were you still working with the chicago tribune when you were on the, were you doing that on the side
1: right yeah i was okay um yeah uh yeah how did i i i don't even remember how i even okay found these things but i mean Great. like maybe i just go to news newsstands mm-hmm. and say and, you know, you can look at the masthead and find mm-hmm. the art director and you, you call them. And, yeah. yeah,
0: and, and again, think back then, I mean, that was probably a very different time. It wasn't like the Internet was really booming and around, right? I mean, that was right. when there was lots of print stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, things were great. Um, it, it, everybody wanted illustration. They yeah. wanted hand-done stuff.
0: Wow. Later
1: on, computer graphics came in and kind of killed it for me for a little bit. But that is why I went into music. Uh, I mean, because I, I because illustration had ultimately proved to be very frustrating, and and I didn't and I felt very out of step with my hand. It seemed like it just wasn't the trendy thing to do in the '90s. And so I uh, I thought I'm going to give music music a shot.
0: And it worked out pretty well. So you just, yeah, this is interesting. So like, you you know, a theme seems to be like you just kind of said, I'm going to quit this right now. I'm going to go in this direction, take this different road, so to speak. And similar to how you did with the acting, right? Then one day you were kind of like really frustrated and said, okay, so how did you do that, though? How did you shift into music to make that into, you know, a pretty successful opportunity for you? Because, again, that can be challenging, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. Well, so that guy I mentioned, Eddie and I, we started, um, uh, let's see. Well, we started, uh, he had a a four-track tape Mm recorder. You know, it's like a little home studio. Mm -hmm. And we started making, uh, we started making songs that way. And before we knew it, uh, we thought, we we should we should turn this into a band, and we found some people, and some of them knew what they were doing, some of them didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but everyone was willing to learn. You know, it was, it was one of those kind of deals where it was like a very it kind of a punk way of thinking, which is right. like oh, I don't I don't know how to play this, but I'll pick it up and I'll start hitting on it anyway, and. Um, I still remember our very first show. It was like uh, like a a charity show for a theater or something like that, um, and uh, and it was very frightening, and also it was like exhilarating. Mm-hmm. I thought, this is what this is what has been missing in my life. This is what's missing because this felt great, well, you know, to be and you to know what? be on gave stage, you
0: Right. It gave you the opportunity to get, like you said, being that ham, hey, getting back on stage, getting in front of people, just in a different format.
1: Right. And it was also like I, I wrote the script. So right. I, was, yeah, I, I, felt like I felt like I was kind of in charge a little bit. Mm-hmm. It did take a while. I mean, it took a long while to sort of get comfortable up there.
0: Sure. And, and again, you're, you're as, as i watched with, you know, some of the last afternoons, I mean, you're writing, so you're singing, you're playing guitar. In, this, in these bands, were you the lead vocalist or were you doing more or trading off I with the one, lead vocalist? I, w- I
1: was one of them. Yeah, Eddie and I were both lead vocals. We would
0: trade okay. off. And, nice. And we would
1: write songs together and we'd write songs separately.
0: And what were some of the influences at that time that you guys were, you know, drawn to? In terms of you know fans well, we we who are both,
1: artists, we we're both Elvis Costello fans. That was one thing, but we both had different uh, people in our backgrounds. Like I'm also a big fan of Graham Parker, and, um, and 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 a lot of people that don't even necessarily have an influence, but that I grew up loving, like Patty Smith. And, mm. um, who else? Nice. Well, there's Lou, Lou Reed. I was a big Lou Reed mm-hmm. underground fan.
0: Nice. Nice. So, okay. So why don't we, while we're talking about music and stuff, let's pull in, you know, your current band um, and then we'll get back into how eventually you you transition, not out of that, so to speak, but you become involved more in publishing again and your current, I think, are you still with the Houghton Mifflin Harcourt now?
1: I am. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. We'll get into that because I definitely want to ask you some questions and hear about that job that you have. Um, So yeah. So tell us a little bit about when did, you know, and maybe one day down the road I can do an interview with your band or with you or something and just do the whole thing about the band. Um, I don't want to take too much away from, you know, the cartooning today and, and what we're here for. But, yeah, tell us a little bit about when did the last afternoon's form um, introduce, I know you have Brett Niveau. Is that how you pronounce his name? Is the singer?
1: Uh, nephew. He's
0: Neveu, okay. One of the
1: singers. He, he and he's I share the... singing. Yep.
0: And then Paul Foster on bass, John Tweedy guitar, and Russell Harvath. If I said that correct Mm -hmm. on drums, okay. Yeah, tell us about how did you, how did you meet these guys? And I know you and Brett apparently have some type of a studio. And yeah, just give us a little background on the band, some of your influences, and then we'll we'll get into uh, playing the song.
1: Well, let's see. So uh, after the Love Kit broke up. we, there was a little bit of a downtime. And then Brett and I had, uh, let, oh, I should say that all the people in love get all moved to California. I mean, not, not okay. together, but they, okay. everybody just, was like, I was, I was just, it was just me and Brett left in Chicago. And okay. um, uh, we just decided, let's start a band. Let's just do it. Um, and so we started a band called Dad Factory. And we pulled in our friend Mark from, who is still in a band called The Websters, who are a big deal here in Chicago. Oh wow! And, okay. Uh, the three of us, the three of us said, let's just let's do this. And we played with a to a drum machine. We didn't have a drummer uh, or a bass player. Wow! And and and, and, and Mark played uh, keys. So we just did that, and we we were kind of uh, this is very raw. But then we eventually brought in a drummer and a bass player, and we kept evolving, evolving, and then finally, for many years, and finally we just said, okay, it's over. Then Brett and I, uh, we couldn't just sit around, and so we thought, let's start another band. <laughs> and it's <was> called <laughs> Sex, Sex, Sex Ritter was the name of it. And actually it started it started as a joke. It just started as a fake band page with that name Sex Ritter. Which oh, that's was funny. <laughs> and then um, we thought, let's make it real. And we brought in some some friends. And then that ended fairly quickly. And then we started the last afternoons. And the difference is, like in the old days, I would write songs. and But now Brett uh, writes the words and I write the music. And that's great because I never felt like I had much to say as a lyricist. Okay. And rest really great at that. And but I love writing songs. I love writing melodies. And so sure. I write the music, he writes the words and it worked out great. And we both sing.
0: No, it's great. No, I watched I watched some of uh the, the performances you guys had. Um, real quick, tell us a little about the uniform. I think that's really cool. I don't know how do you <laughs> describe is it like a painter you like how do you describe that one piece? I couldn't think of the right word to describe it, but I love it.
1: Oh, they're just they're just standard coveralls. We thought uh, if you if if you're uh, someone who's in a band, every show, uh, what am I going to wear? Right, like something that's appropriately rock enough. And there are plenty of bands who wear coveralls. We're not unique in that. And uh, but that's but that's but that's what it is. It's it's our uniform, and we never have to think about what we're going to wear because we already know. And so that makes it
0: easier. Right. Yeah. I won't. I won't get into it too much here we could talk if you want off the air one day but i have a background in music too and i i was in a lot of rock bands um for a while yeah and and one of the when i started the solo artist uh thing that i was doing and i was the one picking the members and uh, i i know what i know the heartaches you went through you can't even imagine how many people you know between trying people out and it not working out but when i finally found the core piece for a while that's what I wanted to do. I said, no. I said, we got to have some type of a, right, whether you're wearing black or, and I remember, the guys got annoyed at me. And I'm like, but but that's, you know, the real bands you see out there, right? You do have some type of a theme or some type of a presence, you know? Right. So I right. love that about you. I love that about you guys, which is, you know, just having, like you said, the cup rolls, it's cool. Um, it's just
1: because we're lazy. That's all.
0: No, but I think it's stylistically too. I mean, like you said, it's kind of power pop, it's indie. What you guys are doing, I think it fits too. So.
1: Well, thanks. I'm I'm, I'm glad you like it. Um, yeah. I should also say about this band, it's it's had a few members that have come and gone, but now this this new uh, this new setup this this lineup is great. I love these guys.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let's do this. And and again, when we're done, you could tell people, you know, if if the music's out there on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is, where people can get it. Okay. So, yeah, let's introduce uh, your song, Whatever Mary Says, which was funny before I even started the interview. It just popped into my head because I was listening to it last night. And it's just it is it's it's such a catchy track and just the melody just it sticks in your head. So tell us a little bit about the song and we'll check it out.
1: Um, Let's see. So. Uh, well, there's not much to say about it, uh, okay. <laughs> except that this is from, this is from a former uh, lineup and a okay. uh, new band uh, really only formed over COVID. So ah. we're going to be recording for the first time in January, but we don't have any stuff that's like, okay. I really have, we have some home, homemade, homemade things that I, right. I wasn't quite ready to share. So sure. this, is from, this is from our last album.
0: Okay, okay, but yeah, let's we'll check it out, and then, yeah, down, down the road, we could talk about maybe uh, bringing the, the revamped group, and uh, if you guys have an EP or something, or an album, we could discuss doing an interview and promoting it, all right? Oh, great, fantastic. Okay, Rich, hold on, I'll we'll check out the song, and then I'll come back. All right, everyone. The last afternoons. This is uh, their track, whatever Mary says. As you mentioned, this was a former lineup, and they're in the process of recording uh, some new material. But uh, check out the song; it's a great track. And then we'll be back.
1: Whatever Mary says, she Everything she said, even what here. Whatever Mary said, would be that just we're Whatever Mary said, Have a merry
0: Alright, the last afternoons, whatever Mary says, and uh as we mentioned, that is a former lineup, but it is an awesome track, so let's bring Rich back on. Yeah, hey, thanks for playing that. Yeah, um, no, it sounds great.
1: Mostly, I love it. Oh thank you. Uh this is that's mostly the current lineup. It's just the uh the guitarist, our our friend Preston
0: oh, okay.
1: lead lead guitar on that. Okay, and, I thought it was like all um, different
0: members and maybe just you and maybe one other person. Okay, great.
1: And um uh he uh he was he's in that band that I mentioned, the Websters, and that's his first priority. So we kind of gotcha. knew that he was just he was just kind of with us briefly. And uh but now we have John Tweedy on guitar and he's fantastic and awesome. um he has a he has sort of a different different take on things. And uh yeah, so
0: yeah. There you go. No, you definitely know how to write a song. I mean, you got that nice three-minute, you know what I mean? That's the that's the key. <laughs> a nice right, single. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, great stuff. Really good. Add a little bit, I mean, I, I don't know if you like the band Weezer, but I hear like that kind of little, in that track a little bit. Reminds me a little oh, okay. bit of Weezer. Yeah, I you
1: know, I hadn't thought about that. I do like them. I You know, I yeah. don't know them very well, but.
0: No, me neither, but I know some of the, you know, some of the popular hits that they have. But, yeah, it definitely had that little bit of a vibe. So, it's, you know, it's great. Great stuff. So I look Thank forward you. to um, hearing some of the new stuff when you guys uh, get that recorded. Okay, so let's do this. So let's uh, similarly, you know, eventually you, you decide you're going to get back into your line of work, you know, illustrating and cartooning. So tell us a little bit about the job. I uh, landed in uh, 2002 at
1: Oops. Houghton Mifflin. Wait, wait a minute. You broke up a little bit.
0: What's that? I'm sorry. Sorry. You talk about um, you know how you start eventually getting back into drawing and illustrating, and you know, talk a little bit about the job that you landed in 2002 at Houghton Mifflin Court Harcourt. Um, and and what what is that company about? You know, tell us a little bit about the company and your position there as a researcher and copy editor, fact checker.
1: Um, uh, yeah, they're a huge publisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, My God, they publish Moby Dick and, uh, that's, oh, wow. uh, they're, they have an office in Evanston, Illinois. And I was very happy to, um, uh, find out that they needed, they were looking for, uh, fact checkers and, uh, I had never done that before, but they were willing to train me. And so I've been there for a while and, um, yeah. it's, it's it's great. I I love it. It's a great company to work for. Um,
0: they've got and what's like a fact good, checker. Good I'm values. assuming. I'm am sorry. No, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. What's describe a little bit the fact checker? What that entails and stuff as you're talking about the position.
1: Well, I just make sure I I kind of run the fact checking department. Um, I make sure that our content you know we do we do mm-hmm. i'm a, on we're on the educational side i'm not on the trade side in fact okay. we okay. recently sold off the trade side so we really are just a, a, an education company now and um i just make sure that our textbooks have um accurate information recently mm-hmm. somebody did a poll of teachers and they said that the one thing that would make them not want to use uh any publisher's work is is if the uh, if the facts are wrong. And so mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very happy to uh, to do that and I've you know I've kind of refined my technique over the years. There's a, there are a lot of ways to go about it, but um you know, I think I I think I've figured out how to do it. Nice. And, nice. Um, well,
0: you've been there so, for yeah. a while.
1: Yeah. And and I think of it as it's 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 a I'm very proud to do it. You know, I it, mm-hmm. I think it's important important to do. And then yeah, the copy I mean, editing aspect is a little. It, it, I'm a little newer to that, and we have we have many pros there who I, you know, defer to because they know how to do this stuff very well. But that's another aspect too, is you don't want to come across a bunch of typos or stupid stuff.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. I mean, that's just and it, it, it seems like it gives you too the freedom to be able to, you know, be working then on the side and doing all the other stuff that you do with the music and your cartooning.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have weekends off. So yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> weekends and evenings, right? Or do you work late yeah. into the night at all?
1: No, no. I have evenings, too. Yeah, you're right.
0: Nice, nice. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you eventually to start drawing again Um, and talk a little bit about eventually, you know, I think it's around 2016. Maybe it was sooner, but, you know, eventually this is at the time that you decide to submit something to the New Yorker if it was around that time frame, and and what was it that you, you first had published?
1: Well, uh, what got me back into it was Brett again, and my wife both said, "Oh, you got to get on this thing, Facebook." And I thought, "Nah, nah, that sounds stupid." And eventually, <laughs> I did do it, and and it languished. My account languished for a long time, but then, as I was poking around on it, I realized that, and this is like you know the middle of the 2000s, that mm-hmm. all of my Cartooning and illustration heroes were on it, and and I thought this this is unbelievable. You know, like I could <laughs> send them friend requests. I can I can hang right. out with these with these heroes of mine, and and that is sort of what I did. And so then I realized, okay, I'm developing a little bit of an audience here, so I'm going to just start showing off. It's still it's you know it's the ham again coming out, mm-hmm. and um, I. Started doing that more and more and with each year as I would look back on what I had done, I said, Oh, God, I kinda hate that But I've gotten a little <laughs> bit better. And so and I would just keep doing that and you know. So then around two thousand sixteen, even though maybe I hadn't quite achieved the 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 style that I wanted yet, try now. Because now you can you can email your cartoons to mm-hmm magazine, to New Yorker, whatever. And let's see what happened. Um, okay, I have, I saw that a friend of mine on Facebook, one of her friends was a New Yorker cartoonist. Uh, and there, there are two local uh, guys, Ken Krenstein and Pat Burns, that, yeah. um, uh, that I contacted. And they were so generous with giving me. They said, "Oh, this is how you do it. Oh, you got to do it this way." Um, These are these are the email addresses of people, and this is this is who you want to contact. So I sent in my first batch, and I I don't, I haven't really said this out loud too much, but I sold something in my very first batch to the New Yorker, which is unheard of, mind you. Congrats. it It thank you, but it has it has trailed off specifically since then, but it was, it, but that first thing, I thought, oh, I'm on my way. And, right. Uh, and what, and what was I, it?
0: What, what was it that you, for, do you remember the cartoon uh, you first sold?
1: Oh, God. Or at least the see, content? Oh, I do. I do. And it got, it got published uh, like four months later. Uh, Geico did a commercial. I would never in a million years suggest that Geico saw my cartoon and then made a commercial based on it. I would never do wow. that because I just I just think that it is one of those things that happens. It's something that's right. in the air and a couple of different people grab it. So what it was, it was um uh Marco Polo in a swimming pool <laughs> and there's someone in there with his eyes closed who's like reaching out into, you know, he's reaching out and Marco Polo says, "Yes." As a question, yes, because <laughs> someone had been saying his name, and I, you know, I thought that's hilarious. But it was like the first church I sold, and, and it ran, and <laughs> I was awesome. so I was so thrilled with that. Yeah, thanks.
0: No, and I think what's really neat, too, and and this is a theme I've seen with, you know, I've only interviewed maybe a handful of uh, cartoonists, and part of it was because I really wanted to branch out. My show typically, when I first started, it was primarily musicians. I mean, that's, but I just started getting interested in other forms of creativity, comedy, you know, writers, et cetera. But one thing I've seen, you know, it seems like this community is pretty supportive. I mean, usually you see a lot of competition, you know, you don't want the person getting ahead, so, you know, these two major people, Pat Burns and Ken and the fact that, like you said, that they were just willing to do that. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah. And then eventually the three of us would meet um, for lunch uh, once a week and go Aww. over our batches, which was great, that's, you know, and sort of critique each other. That was great. That was very helpful.
0: That's too. awesome. So, so again, I mean, kudos to your wife and, and to Brett for, saying you got to get on facebook i mean but again i know go ahead no 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 that that was nothing i was going to say personally same thing with me i mean if it wasn't for the internet and the social media i mean i i really don't publicize anything about myself i'm promoting all my guests to be honest but this has been such a great forum and a way to just meet people um you know that that otherwise you wouldn't be able to meet
1: know i and and you know personally it gets such a bad rap, and it deserves it in a lot of ways, but I have found it to be very uh, useful and fun,
0: yeah, I think it's how you use it, you know what i mean sure can it can it really impact a younger person's self esteem when you're looking all day long at Celebrities and airbrush photos, and yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a, a very dangerous side to it, a very dark side to it. But I think, right, if you use it in the right fashion, I think it can be very beneficial, and and know what the limitations are. So, no, congrats, that's awesome. So let's talk now about more about some of the you know your cartoons and and how did you, you know, develop your style. I mean, you clearly, you know, I can definitely tell when it's one of your cartoons in terms of the illustrations you do, the types of characters you draw. Um, so tell us a little bit about how, how did you develop that style over time? Was it things you were looking at? Is it just something that you came up with on your own well, in terms of I your characters? Three, Go ahead. Right. I
1: have three main influences. And it's um, M.K. Brown. I always loved her. Um, Cal Schenkel, who would draw for – you do Frank Zappa album covers, oh,
2: wow. and
1: the big one is Everett Peck, who we we lost recently, which was a shock. Young Aww. guy, and um, okay. but he uh, uh, their styles just um, I'm I'm I- anyone who knows their styles and they see my stuff go oh yeah yeah okay I can see mm-hmm. that. um and you know I often this is kind of weird. Um, I'm often am compared to Plea ban, I was not really all that aware of him. Um, but now that I am, I go, I go, oh, okay. I can kind of see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, so in terms of how what's your process? Like when you come up with an idea, is it again a word you hear that's kind of funny and you might develop something around it? I mean, do you have an idea just for the cartoon and then that develops into the the content? You know, how how does your process work?
1: Like like I have one. Um, let's see. <laughs> or maybe I, you don't. Uh, yeah, I I guess I you know, I don't know that I do. Here's what I do. Every night, I just I, I, lo- I love TV. I love to watch TV. So we uh, are okay. sitting around watching TV, and the whole time I'm drawing. And it so, uh, usually the way it starts is I just start drawing. You know, just like there's a line. I put a line, and then it turns into something. And then I think, oh, there's got to be a good jo- joke to go along with this. And then every once in a while, it, it, a full-blown thing will spring into my mind. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. I've got to capture that now but mm-hmm. but mostly i would say it's just you know um it just happens it just kind of falls out
0: and what are you watching on tv when you're you know even if you're not paying 100% attention what types of things what do you like to watch is it sitcoms Are you watching the news what are you
1: um it's all of them. i okay. really do i am unapologetic i am not one of those guys who says oh i don't watch tv or I okay so TV what are some of your top or, I don't favorite have a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your top well, favorite shows? There, there's, been, there's been so many. I, I love all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's, you know, uh, like um, Better Call Saul, I think is mm-hmm. just top-notch stuff. I like it even better than Breaking Bad. Um, uh, there are so many – there have been so many great sitcoms. Uh, a current one, uh, Reservation Dogs. I
0: thought. Okay. I mean,
1: I I don't know if I don't know if that show's over or not. It felt like it. it I've had heard a finale, of it, but, but I've never I, seen I, it. I, I I love it. I think it's just fantastic. Um. Uh, there's a new. Now this is very mainstream, but I think it's hilarious. This um, Abbott Elementary is terrific. I've heard I of watch that too.
0: On,
1: yeah, on Hulu. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's on NBC, but I watch it on Hulu. Um. Oh, geez, I don't know.
0: I, I Were you interested back in the day? Were you a Seinfeld person? Were you an office person? Oh, oh uh, yeah, all that,
1: all that, yeah. Okay. Thought, all that stuff was great. Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. Um, I'm not that's into, great.
1: yeah, there's, there, are, there are things, I'm not even sure how it can be super popular and, to my mind, still not seem mainstream. Like, that's how I think of Seinfeld. I mean, I mean it was like, my God, it was, it was a, a monster hit. But to me, it's not a mainstream show. Because of the nature of the comedy. But well, you
0: know it's interesting, and I'll I'll give her a plug. If you were a fan of Seinfeld, you've got to read this book called Seinfeldia by Jennifer Kitchen Armstrong. It's it's amazing, Rich. It's based on the history. It, it talks from day one about Larry David and Jerry how they met, and I mean literally, it was not supposed to become anything. If anything, people are like, "This is terrible." I mean, it would. It was never supposed. No, you've got to. It's such a quick read. You'll you'll blow through it. It's such a great book. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, and especially if you're a fan of it. Oh, it delves into how all the stories came up, the different writers. I mean, the different people they would bring in. I mean, it's it's great. It is such a great book. Oh, cool!
1: I will check that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so. How long does it take you to, you know, like you said, if you're sitting down sketching, I mean, is it something pretty quick within 20 minutes, a half hour, you can produce this, you know, one panel type of cartoon, so to speak? Or is it something you sometimes have to mull over a little bit?
1: It is super fast. Okay. That's one thing I can say. You know, I I draw very fast. However, I also... I'm going to break my budget with whiteout because I also (laughs) use whiteout a lot.
0: (laughs) And when you say whiteout, because there's so many different versions, are you using that old school paint one or are you using like some of those, you know, the little plastic things that, you know, that people use today?
1: Well, I mean, it's called whiteout. Um,
0: Right. But you know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, they used to have the paint, yeah, the, the jar of paint ones. And then, they have a lot of these plastic ones, say that are very quick and, and very easy.
1: Um, I, gee, I, I I don't know what to say. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I think maybe that's what I'm using. It's a it's a little jar. I I'm I'm shaking a jar of it right now.
0: Yeah. No, um, you're using the old school uh, ones then. And, and oh, okay, I'm not. Yeah, believe so me, I'm, I'm not I'm up use. to date on this stuff. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about any new technology. I just use that stuff. Okay, so you oh right, because that's the typical word whiteout. But I'm saying there's so many different versions now that they're in these different contractions, so to speak, where you can just like oh, if oh, take, I make a mistake, yeah, I'm sorry, I was that tape okay. type of stuff. Okay, so no, you're using the actual, the yeah, the the standard one. Gotcha. The stuff that gotcha. Mike,
1: Mike Nesmith's mother created. Did you ever oh, heard? Wow.
0: That?
1: Yeah, she's she's the <sighs> one who invented correction fluid.
0: Okay. Wow. Interesting. Um, so just getting into, I guess a little bit about, like you said, some of these, some of these cartoons and stuff, do you feel like there's any like subconscious symbolism or something about yourself that is interjected at all into any of these or, um, let's see. I, I
1: don't know. There (laughs) is one aspect. And even though I mentioned, you know, um, Vintage, porn and guys, naked guys right. shoes. There is one thing that shows up, and I was not all that conscious of it initially. But a lot of the men that I draw, I'm drawing my dad. I'm drawing a a, a facsimile of like his his hair, and you know he's, he was an a old hillbilly guy with you know kind of a right. at one point something sort of like a pompadour and a little little mustache. And I mm-hmm. and, and so I, I draw that a lot. Aww. I draw my dad a lot. He was a great guy.
0: Yeah, well, that would definitely. I mean, that's that's a nice thing in terms of, like you said, kind of honoring him and and remembering him.
1: Right, uh, though he would be he would be shocked. He goes, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I, I'm, I I don't." Well, maybe not right in honoring in him underwear and all those. The time. <laughs> those.
0: <Right. laughs> I do not mean like that. I just meant more of the, right more of just yeah just remembering him and like you yeah. said it sounded like he was a great that's person yeah. yeah oh my gosh that's a funny one that he did there's one that i remember it's like the guy's in the car and his toupee is kind of going over the top and underneath the car that's a funny one. Oh yeah the comb over the one yeah, the yeah no that's great um Has anyone ever been turned off by your cartoons or offended by them? Have you ever had any situations on Facebook where, you know, you hear people that were, they were blocked or something for a certain amount of time? Well,
1: no, I, I I think I have, I think people have uh, a a two or three times over the years, somebody has, has um, mistakenly thought that I was insulting them not them in particular but like you know like maybe a body shape or something and i i right. absolutely am not into that i am not right. making fun of people i am possibly making fun of men but i'm not making fun right. of right in
0: general but not like that specifically yeah. right yeah. right
1: yeah as as a man i feel like i can make fun of men like right. i have every right to <laughs> so Yeah, but other than that, I I am, you know, trying to be respectful to a certain Mm -hmm. extent, and I'm not trying to make fun of anyone.
0: Right, right. And I think a lot of your things are very subtle. Like, you really sometimes have to, like, you know, for example, the one – I'm not going to – Well, I'll talk about just the generalities, but if people want to look them up, (laughs) which I highly recommend you do um, just go to just scroll through his Instagram page or go to his website, you know, just go online, you'll find all the stuff. But I'll just give like some of the punchlines that you have and then people can look at it like, you know, like, like the sack race one, for example, like you really have to kind of look to get the joke. You know, I mean, if you just look at it real quickly, you might not see what you're you know what I mean? A lot of the times it's very Oh wait a minute! Which, which, which one? Which one? Does sack race? The guy's running in the race. You call it the sack race? Uh, no.
1: See, I know. Is that hitting your it. head?
0: Okay, uh, okay. Um, West Point. No, what, what's the what, What's the word? Uh, sack back? race. No, Sack, S-A-C-K, wow. race. Oh,
1: Sack, Sack, race. Oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. but I'm
0: saying you really have to sometimes, like, look closely. You know what I mean? If you don't look closely, which I think is what's even funnier about your stuff, it's very subtle sometimes.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, right. I I, I, I know I
1: can be very obvious sometimes, but, but – Sometimes. No, of course you I, can. No, I, li- I like to. I like to. Uh, yeah, I like make yeah. people work a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's some some of them where you really <laughs> have to take a couple of seconds, and then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, like uh, again, this one's pretty obvious. But again, you have to look. Like the the one that with the bell that says dong. Like, that was so funny. Like, when I saw that the other day, I was just like, oh, my God. I'm, like, saying to my boyfriend, my, my partner, get in here. You got to see what he did now. And he's laughing, you know. So, oh, yeah, no, I do that every night before I go to bed. And I say, come in. I want to see what Rich did today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's very gratifying to hear. I think. No, hope, I love I hope, it. A lot of people are doing that, I hope.
0: yeah. But again, you have to have that type of sense of humor. You know what I mean? Like you said, this is not a sense of humor that's for everyone. And I, you know, I I like stuff that's out there and weird. And (laughs) so, well, let's uh, tell us a little bit about Love and Other Weird Things, the book that um, that you published back in 2002. I mean, sorry, 2020. Um, that is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and all other digital places. And, yeah, tell us a little bit about the married couple, Greg Yeo, and I don't want to botch her last name. Um, I'm assuming it was his wife that found you and said, hey, let's do this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that was really great. Cleetia Pl- is, is uh, okay. her name, her first name. Um, uh, yeah, that was... Um, a very nice thing and and something that you mentioned, and I know that I told you this that it was a best selling book, and that is a complete lie but I title, know, but I still had to say
0: that <laughs> because it, it really should that. be it should be i, uh, I know.
1: you're right, you're darn right um uh but so, the title is a hundred percent true, so right. yeah, I did get the title right and no, um, and
0: I do have the I do have the parentheses on my website that says that's a lie, but uh um, you know I had <laughs> yeah, to I, I it's such a great that. you know it your cartoons are so great. We have to give you credit. I'm just so thinking, go ahead.
1: You know, I live in a fantasy world where I'm a best-selling cartoonist. Like there is that's such okay. <laughs> a thing. Okay. Um, so yeah. So Craig contacted me, and the the book came out right as COVID broke, okay, which is why I am still plumping for it because I figure it didn't get it didn't get a decent release because everybody right. shut down. Right. So that's my that's what I'm telling myself
0: which okay. is why I'm
1: still talking about it after a couple of years. That's um, fine. <laughs> but yeah, so that was so great. I got, and you know, Craig and I started talking on email and then one day he said, you ever think about a book?
0: And I thought,
1: oh, hell. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I have thought about that since I was a little kid. Since you put no, together Googling the five page one. Right.
1: Exactly. And um, so he said, well, you know, let's do it. And, Kind of snowballed from there. It was great. What a great process! And they were the two of them were so great um, to work with. And they let me. At one point, I switched out, and this is like deep into the process. But I switched out fifty cartoons, and they said, uh, "Okay, we'll do it." I thought, "Good, thanks," because I had I had drawn some newer things, you know, over it. Right. I wanted to um, get them in. Yeah, that was that was very nice. And it was uh, how many
0: it was, uh, um it was how many exciting, cartoons are too, featured in it?
1: That's awesome.
0: Oh yeah. my gosh, wow.
1: I know. That's and great. um and I got to choose that page length and they thought, okay, that sounds about right. But afterwards I had so many left over, I thought, why didn't I say three hundred? <laughs> or right. five thousand well, or something.
0: No, no, that gives you the opportunity to do another book.
1: No, you gotta no, hello, you gotta brand it. Yeah. And something I need I feel like I wanna say is that I never intended to be uh, uh, like a gag panel cartoonist. It just sort of happened. But I always was doing illustration in the past. So Mm -hmm. let me just say this now to any art directors out there who are listening. Please contact me because I would love to do that. I would love to draw for your magazine or your newspaper. Because now I don't know what to do. I because I don't necessarily have a backlog of something that looks like illustration maybe with American Vice mm-hmm. uh, Michael over there has been really great about using me for stuff but that's just that, that's only that's not that much stuff and and I don't know how to introduce myself to an art director oh yeah who 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 would who would think like well, you don't have a background in this, I say but I do it's just no you, it's right just, I, I I want you to just trust me, just like look at my cartoons and trust that I can turn it into a full color reasonable thing without any you know genitalia in it
0: right, right, no, absolutely, I think, and I think hopefully in this day and age, people are being a little more flexible with that, I know even for me personally, I mean my background, yeah, they hear clinical psychologists, forensic psychologists, but that's how I do these interviews. It's from my background with interviewing, my background with doing research. It's, you know, all that stuff I feel is so transferable. And if you have the passion for it, I feel that like, for example, with your job, people are training you to do different things. You know what I mean? So I think that willingness and that openness and having the background, having the creativity, having the skill set, it it can be, you know, transferred into other types of settings, mediums, so to speak. So... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So what's in what's in store for you? I mean, what's coming up for you in the future? Any any things that you're working on? That even if you can't like say, hey, I can't do this yet, but I mean, any things that you are thinking about in terms of potentially well, I'm, another I'm book very, or?
1: Well, uh, I mean, they, those I have compiled in endless uh, pads of paper <laughs> that that I'm ready to go. Somebody wants to put out nice. a book. I'm ready, but also Brett and I have written a and and illustrated a um, a kids book, and so ah. I am going to be uh, attempting to shop that around. We've shown it to a few people and gotten some feedback and done some rewrites and editing, and I've redrawn some things. But uh, he wrote it, I drew it, and uh, we we both sort of cooked up this idea, and um, That's with awesome. any luck. Oh, you, oh, hey! Wait a minute. As long as you're on the air, maybe there's some publisher out there who wants to wants to put it out. Absolutely. Contact me. Well, um, hey, we'll oh, I we'll talk off the that's use your show this way.
0: No, <laughs> that's but that's no, no, no. But but but, Rich, seriously, that's why I started this show. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna send you my number off there. We're gonna talk because I actually was involved for a while doing publicity work for, um, and I'm still with them, but we haven't done much in a while for a really cool. Original um, hard rock band out of Boston. Um, and again, oh, cool. I had no background in doing that. I had interviewed these guys and I said, hey, I, this was a couple of years ago. I reached out to them and said, you know, I really want to get into this. I have all these skills. I love entertainment. I love music. Let me help you out. And I was able to like really get them some decent like um, placements and stuff. Um, So if I can help you guys out in some way, you know, maybe we can, you know, on the side. I don't know. I love to just work with talented, great people, you know, just good, decent, grounded people. Um, So, no, use this to plug whatever you want to plug and share it when we're done and let's get it out there. And it's such a great story you have, too. I mean, people really can learn about your background and just how you got involved in all this stuff. So that's why we're here.
1: Well, Thanks so much. I do appreciate this.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So no, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, Yeah. So what else do you want to, you know, we can wrap things up shortly, but is there, you know, what else do you want to plug, you know, what else do you want to share that might be interesting that people might not know about you or that you haven't shared elsewhere?
1: I'm a gardener.
0: Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) That's another thing that is
1: like a, like maybe sort of a dad thing, because my dad was always gardening. And so when I Aww. eventually was able to, uh, you know, buy a house gardening and without really knowing what I was doing, and so now I'm, now I'm not too bad at it.
0: And what types of things? Again, I'm not that familiar. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming gardening can deal with anything from vegetables to flowers to plants. Like what, what, do, you, what do you specifically enjoy doing?
1: Flowers, perennial flowers.
0: Oh, wow. Um, not,
1: cool. Yeah, not too, yeah. I tried vegetables once. Mm-hmm. That's
0: okay. Okay. Um, and I'm doing so, yeah, that. Yeah, that could be really therapeutic too. You know, just, I'm sure, just kind of distracting yourself, doing that, you know, being focused on that. And the, again, it's a creative thing too. It's another creative medium.
1: It is. And, and it teaches you patience because I uh-huh. can uh, construct something that in my mind, and I know that this is the effect I want to achieve, and then I have to wait two years to see if it actually all works out.
0: Right. Which
1: is great. Right. I mean, it's it's, it's very humbling, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not as quick as the the gag panel that you're producing in a matter of potentially minutes, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it forces me to slow down.
0: That's good. No, that's good. That's awesome. Very cool. Um. Yeah. So why don't we do this? Why don't you, you know, please plug where people can find you and follow you, you know, social media, your website, all that good stuff.
1: Um, I would say actually Facebook is probably best only because uh, everything is on there. And I mean, years and years, it's it's a deep thing. It's not so (laughs) deep on Instagram. I've only recently kind of uh, started using that, but there's a lot there too. And, um, Book is available through. If you go to the Random House site, it gives you Penguin Random House. It gives you lots of options for different nice. outlets too, and you can start, look around for deals. I think I think it's 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 on sale on Amazon at the moment. Okay, cool. And uh, the band, you can find us on uh, Bandcamp or SoundCloud or uh, actually all of them. You can find them on iTunes, Amazon Music. We're, we're on there, and uh, and. Uh, and maybe someday soon, you'll be seeing our uh, our kids' book in bookstores.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see that. And can you you don't want to reveal I'm sure anything about it yet in terms of the content or what it's about?
1: You no, know, I'll just, I'll tell you the title. The title is uh, Please One More Book.
0: Are you joking are you joking? Or you're being seriously? No, that's it. That's
1: what it's called. Please oh, okay, okay,
0: more. okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I respect and understand, you know, it's, I'm sure it's, you know, it's not out yet. So, well, Rich, it's, I mean, been an amazing interview. Absolute pleasure. I'm so happy that part of my dream came true because I wanted to interview you as soon as I saw him. I said, this guy's, you know, I just got to learn about this guy. (laughs) So I hope that... um, yeah, I hope that we can keep in touch. And as I said, it would be great opportunity to speak with you off the air. Um, so we'll definitely, you know, reach out to each other. And if I can be Absolutely. of any other support, let me know.
1: Yeah, Carrie, thank you so much for this opportunity I'm for contacting me. It's just been great. Thank you.
0: Cool, and and feel free to spread my name around if there's any interesting people that you think that would be, you know, a good fit for my show. And I think the nice thing about the show that I do now too is, like I said, I've really branched out, and the type, the style of interview I do, I could, you know, I could interview any type of person. You know what I mean? It doesn't just have to be musicians, comedians, writers. So
1: yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna so, hook you up with Brett because he's a, yeah I was thinking like it, actually award, I was already a, he's an award winning playwright.
0: I know. I, I, I looked him up. I didn't get into details yeah. yet, but I did. I'm, we're friends on Facebook. And, yeah, he does look very interesting. So he was already in the back of my mind. So we will connect with him.
1: He's a big deal. Wow.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, not was. to
1: me. To me, he's just some schmo. But come on.
0: <laughs> no, look, he's,
1: I, I just, I just wanna, he, he's, he's my best pal in the world. So.
0: Yeah, yeah that's cool. I'm no, definitely. Definitely. I will, um, we, will, we will be in touch about him, too. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Rich. It was an absolute pleasure. This is what I did on my day off. I literally took a vacation day for you. (laughs) Oh, you! You're the best. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I know you guys had a show tomorrow, so if you want to plug where you're going to be at, oh um... no, the
1: show was last Friday. Oh, I
0: thought you.
1: Oh, 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 no, that's. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. No, that's what
1: (laughs) the the dude, the duo that Brett and I have called the Break. And we're, oh, we're I didn't know that. So that's in, something else. Yeah, we're playing at a, uh, at a at a at an art show.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, we're,
1: it's like we're like a folk duo.
0: Very cool. Well, there's something else new that we just learned at the tail end of the interview.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's uh, <laughs> for any for anybody who checked out early.
0: Okay, but again. Um, I would greatly appreciate it if you share the the link. It's the same link, the podcast, you know, give it about ten minutes, it'll be ready to go and then hopefully people can tune into it that couldn't listen or had to had a checkout early. Yeah. All right. Well thank you so much. Absolutely, Reg. Thank you so much too. You. you too. All right. All right, take care and best of luck with everything. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye bye. All right, everyone. Again, Rich Sparks, uh, please check him out. Amazing interview with him today. Really delved into a really interesting life story. Um, So as we mentioned, you can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and definitely pick up a copy of his book that is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. But he said, go to Random House and that'll give you a ton of other places to look at. It's called Love and Other Weird Things. And just what a great talent this guy is. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show, you can follow me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram under my name. And um, if you want to personally befriend me on Facebook too, you can reach out to me there. And I don't have any interviews set right now, but I, I got some people in the works that I am in discussion with. So hopefully we will have a new one in the near future. Um, But please go to iTunes. As I mentioned, I have all different types of, of guests on my show and every story is going to be different and unique to that person. So, you know, go to the Carrie Edelman show on iTunes and at your leisure, you can stream or download any of the interviews for free. Thanks so much for the support and tuning in and have a great day.